Welcome to the Texas Mortgage Boss Podcast, where we discuss all things mortgage-related, personal finance advice, and Texas real estate talk. We'll also interview special guests that will provide advice that will surely help you on your real estate and financial journey. If you have a mortgage question, we have a mortgage answer. Now here's your host, James J. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Texas Mortgage Boss Podcast. My name is James J. And today I am excited to interview Maya Peterson with Better Real Estate. And today's topic is going to be how to negotiate in a hot real estate market. Stay tuned. Hey, Maya, what's up? How are you? I'm good. <laughs> good. So I am really excited to talk about this because as you know, the market has been, I don't even know if hot is the word. <laughs> It's probably more crazy. I was gonna say intense, crazy. <laughs> yeah, I would say it's more crazy, intense, uh, un unseen, and, and probably, pro definitely in my career, I've never seen anything like this, probably for you as well. So, but yeah, we're gonna discuss some things that people can do to negotiate on, on your end as the realtor representing buyers. I know you see you've seen a lot throughout this year and a lot that you can share on things that people can do if they are looking to purchase a home so we'll get into that but first i want to, to kind of give people a, a little intro to to you 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 are with better real estate uh but let people kind of know a little bit how long you've been doing real estate you know kind of what you what what you specialize in i know you work with a lot of buyers but so yeah, so give people just a, a brief intro uh, so we can learn learn a little bit about what you do and in, in, uh, in your background. Okay, well, thank you for having me. I am a My Texas pleasure. real estate broker. I've been doing real estate for, I guess, about 20 years, I guess you can say. Wow, we've <laughs> um, not been around the same amount of time in this business. Yeah, yep. I've seen the good, the bad, and I guess the word you're looking for for this particular market is unprecedented in the Houston market. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is good. insane. I started off my real estate career with uh, working for a gentleman that wanted to sell houses. He asked me to sell his houses. And so I got my license and took off from there. And I absolutely love doing real estate. I love helping people get into their homes, especially first time home buyers. Yeah. And I would say that's what I actually specialize in, first time yeah. home buyers. But I do also sell homes. I do a lot. I do have listings. So yeah, I like to, my niche is everything in real estate. Right. <laughs> so from the buyer's perspective with this, again, unprecedented, crazy fire real estate market that we have been in this year, you know, the main topic obviously is going to be negotiating. Uh, and I know you've, you've worked with a lot of buyers throughout this year. So uh, we're going to give people some ideas, some strategies, things that they can do to help, you know, as they're either still in the market. And I know a lot of people are you know, as we kind of get towards the end of the year, a lot of people are thinking, well, we're going to wait. And, you know, I just did a video about this uh, a few days ago about waiting, right? Waiting for the market to change. And I keep telling people, listen, <laughs> the market is, if it's, it's, it's going to level off, but prices are not coming down. Interest <laughs> rates are not going to come down. Uh, so for people that are still actively looking, we're going to give them some, some things that they can do you know, if they're, as they're going through you know, negotiating the actual deal, uh, some tips and things that they can do. So let's start with with maybe number one on, on your list of, of tips for, for how to negotiate in a hot real estate market. Yes, because the market is hot and I do agree. 
A lot of people have the misconception that prices are going to go down yep. and they're not, <laughs> uh, especially in Texas where Absolutely. our market is generally below a lot of other markets. We are still in the catch up phase. So yep. if anything, our prices will continue to go up. <laughs> um, yep. Interest rates might go up. So now is a great opportunity to buy. Gotcha. The market is very hot, but at the same time, it has it's not as competitive as it was during the summertime. So this is especially yeah. is a great time to buy. Yeah. And the best strategy for right now in this particular climate is to kind of, you want to kind of have to lean in towards kind of what the seller is asking for. Yeah. I mean, you're not competing with sellers. You're competing with millions of other buyers, especially in the Houston market. So yeah. if you really like a property, you want your offer systems to stand out over someone else's. You want to make sure you have a nice, clean contract. You want to make sure that if you're not giving over asking, you're giving them asking. And you want to make sure you have as little contingencies as possible because yep. you want your offer to look good. If you're not going to give the seller his asking, you want to do shorter option periods, maybe yep. a higher earnest money to show that you are really invested. And they want to be honest. They like people that are putting more money down. <laughs> yes. So, to them, it shows that you're more serious about it. Yeah. So I want you to, to kind of talk a little bit. So for people that may not know, if they're brand new, like explain what, what the actual option period is and why making a sure option period would be something to get a seller's attention. And the same with the with the uh, with the earnest money. Typically in this industry, you'll see 1% is kind of like a norm, so to speak. In this business, there really is nothing that's norm, right? There's no standard number, you know, but typically when contracts are, are written, normally it's 1%. So for people that may not understand what the option fee, excuse me, option period is or what earnest money is, break that down a little bit and then explain why that would be something if you did, you know, more earnest money, how that would actually get a seller's attention and maybe separate your deal from somebody else's. Exactly. You're right. Well, earnest money is, they like to call it Another word for it could be, I guess you could say a good faith Absolutely. deposit. <laughs> it's the money you're gonna have to put down at closing anyway, you're just paying it up front. And as James mentioned, it is typically 1%, but there is no standard. So if you really like a property, if you want your offer to look different from all the other offers that are coming in, I encourage my clients to put down more, maybe put down 3%, maybe put yeah. down 2%, anything just to set your offer to look different from all the other offers that the seller could be could be potentially getting right that and then either way you're gonna have to pay it That's it's right. just you're paying it up front you're showing the seller that you're more committed to this yeah. property and that you're more invested that you want this is a yep. deal for you with the option money we are so fortunate that we live in the great state of texas where we have option periods in our contracts the mm -hmm. option period gives you the right to terminate a contract you can elect how many days you want to pay for. It is a non-refundable fee that you pay to the seller. And you can elect, for example, to have seven days. Mm -hmm. It's seven calendar days to, and during that option period is when you want to make sure that this is the house that you want. Yep. Typically you want to order your inspections, get all your inspections done, structural, mechanical, termites, plumbing, all that. Yep. You want to make sure that you know the condition of the house. And if you decide you wake up one morning, you don't, you no longer want the house, you have paid for that option to terminate the contract. Right. You get your earnest money back, but you will lose that option fee because it is a non-refundable fee to the seller. Got it. In this particular market, I encourage my clients to maybe do instead of a seven calendar days, mm -hmm. maybe 
three to five calendar yeah. days in your option period and you pay maybe instead of $150, maybe pay $200. That shows yeah. the seller you're a little bit more invested yeah. in that into this particular property. Yeah. You risk losing the option money, but at the same time, it can be credited to your closing costs if you do afford with that house. Yeah. If you look at yeah, it, you're losing any. You, you were ahead of me. I was just about to say so for people <laughs> to understand the option fee, if you move forward and you purchase the property, that's still your money. Yep. And you only lose that option fee if you decide for whatever reason you don't want the property, you walk away. Exactly. That's, that's the only time you actually would, would lose that money. But from a seller's perspective, if I have two offers, I have one with an option period of seven days and $150. And I have another one with an option period of five days and 250 or 300 or even more. That's going to get my attention as a seller. And that's what yeah. you want, right? That That's one that's this is a great strategy for people to use if they are looking to purchase to set yourself apart. Because if I'm a seller, that option period basically locks me in for that time. That's what that point is. That it's going to, I'm not supposed to do anything with the property at all during that option period. But if you're only telling me, hey, I only need five days and this person saying, give me 10. Well, I want the five because that means you got to make a decision much sooner as a buyer. You got to make yep. a decision. Hey, are you going to move forward or not? I, as a seller, I'd much rather have five days than 10. Yeah, because then you have the, your exposure back. Well, absolutely. So yep. If that buyer backs out, you yep. get to expose your property back to the market a lot yeah. sooner. Yeah. You're not losing money. So. Yep. And same with the earnest money. So again, although most people will do the 1%, you want to set yourself apart, do 2%. That will get my attention if I'm selling my property. I just sold a house you know, about four months ago myself. So I understand I went through this myself just a few months ago and I had a lot of offers and some got my attention really, really big. <laughs> they really got my attention for various reasons. I had some people waive option period, right? Yep, now, I would not. That's, I, a I, I, yeah, I, that's that strategy is i know people do it i know people do it and it really just comes to how bad do you really want this house um, yeah and you have to be willing to accept the house as it is as it is that's right now that does not mean they can't ask for repairs after you know you can still get an inspection done it's just there's no option period you can't just walk away if you decide to waive your option period but i have seen it happen i've seen yeah. it happen but that's the market we're in you know you got to get real creative so and, you know, even from a financing financing perspective, I know, you know, you handle all the contracts and there's different things that you can do with the contract, you know, option money, earnest money, shorter closing date, something else, you know, somebody. A lot of sellers like that. Yeah. As a matter of fact, that's why cash deals tend to beat a lot yeah. of offers yeah, because absolutely. cash deals can close a lot faster. So if you're able to get financing and you're able to get it done in a shorter amount of time, mm -hmm. I've even had it to where I've put in offers for some of my clients to where they are receiving financing. Yep. We order the appraisal as soon as we go into the option period. Yes. Whether they know they're going to go through with this house or not, we order the appraisal just so they can have a closer closing time frame. Yep. Yep. That entices the seller. And in this market, you want to entice the seller so he picks your offer over anybody yeah. else's. Yeah. So the sooner from a seller's perspective, because I was just that person a few months ago, the sooner we can get the closer, the better. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they want to get there as quickly as possible for the most part. Now, there's sometimes some, there's some logistics with the seller and all that, but for the most part, sellers want to close as quickly as they can. 
Yeah. Um, and you know, one other thing that you know, buyer might be able to do that uh, that might be something that that you can kind of elaborate a little bit more is allowing a seller to do a lease back, for example, right? So if we're doing a shorter closing, maybe you say, hey, Mr. Seller, I'll let you stay for a week or two, whatever they need. Uh, but you can speak on this a little bit more about the lease backs, but I know that that's out there too. That's another- that, That was actually a very major thing this summer because yeah. one thing, because the market was so crazy and because yeah. it was so hot, houses were flying off the market. And that meant sellers had to sell their houses and move. Yeah. But because the market was so hot, they those sellers then became buyers. Right. And they were in the same situation yeah. as our buyers yeah. were, where they yeah. couldn't find properties as fast as they intended. Yeah. So they needed to lease back their houses. So a lot of things that, a lot of ways to get that, your offer accepted was to give your seller the option yeah. to have a lease back. Yeah. A lot of times that would be the deal that your offer gets set because you were able to sell their lease back and work out a good deal with them. And yeah. That would seal the deal. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I know, honestly, because I've had this happen personally before, you know, if you're giving me an option of staying in my house and I don't have to leave for X, you know, a week or two, whatever I need, if you're willing to do that, mm-hmm. I would concede on some other things, right? I would maybe be okay with some of the other, because that to me, if I'm a seller, because, you know, sellers don't want to move. They, they they would rather move from where they're going to the, they don't want that in between, exactly. right? They have to go to an apartment or a hotel or whatever it is. They don't want that. They want to avoid that as much as possible. So yeah. on the buyer's side, if you're saying that I will allow you to stay for, and I would say however long you need to, because the buyer obviously has to, you know, they have some, some logistics as well that they're dealing with. But if you are a buyer and you're looking to get, you know, purchase a home. That is one great strategy is tell the seller you'll let them stay if they need to. And I bring it up, if I'm the buyer, I would actually bring it up to them because the seller may not even think about, you know, they may not bring it up, but I would, if I'm the buyer, I would bring it up and let them know we are flexible. We want to do this. We want your house. We'll let you stay. Great idea. Excellent strategy. Yeah. And one of the things, you know, on the financing side for, for us, you know, we talked about having the shorter close date. Obviously, that's a that's a huge one. You know, the pre-approval versus pre-qualification, because sometimes these words get thrown around a lot and they just get intertwined and they're not the same thing. But I would tell people or buyers, potential buyers, get a pre get a real pre-approval from a lender, right? Get a pre-approval. It's not the same as a pre-qualification. People get pre-qualified all the time. Uh, and some of those people, unfortunately, when it's all said and done, they actually can't get along. It doesn't happen all the time. But it does happen. So you can speak a little bit about this from the realtor side, like how strong is it to have a pre-approval versus an actual pre-qualification? Well, one thing I do know is a lot of sellers, when you're dealing with multiple offers and in this market, sellers are because it's a seller's market for a reason. They're receiving multiple offers from different people from all over. They bring offers. And one of the things that parents will do is go look at, compare their pre-approval letters, their pre-qualification letters, and they'll contact the lender to make sure how solid is this buyer? How credit worthy is this buyer? So having a pre-approval makes a world of difference versus someone that has a pre-qualification because a pre-qualification just shows that you've taken the steps to get the loan, but their pre-approval shows that you've gone as far as going, verifying your credit, verifying your income, verifying all of that, everything you need to buy the house. And that gives the seller confidence that 
if they take their house off the market for you for 15 to 30 days or 45 days that you are going to be able to cross the finish line with them. And sellers will compare and they're going to go an offer that pre-approved and they have more confidence that they can close with someone who's just pre-qualified. So it's a world difference. It is. Yeah. And you know, all lenders won't do a pre-approval because for me, when I hear, when I say pre-approval, I mean like an underwriter has actually reviewed your documents. That to me is is a real pre-approval. That means an underwriter actually looked at it. So we've got all your documents. That's the biggest difference. Pre-qualification, pre-approval, it's documentation, right? Pre-qualification, you tell us income, credit, all that stuff we look at, we pre-qualify you based on that. A pre-approval, I have now got documentation from you, Mr. and Mrs. Buyer. We've actually run it through, because some people will stop there. They'll get the documentation and, you know, they'll look at tax returns, look at all that kind of stuff that we normally would look at and they will base their buy a house you definitely want to go through those steps if you can get that knocked out before you actually find the house that you're looking for that's even better because again that's going to put your offer on top in front of the line in front of for the seller and it's going to save you less less hassle when you're actually under contract and you're having to go through that financing period you want to make sure that I mean, it's already been looked at. So you know your I's are dotted, your T's are crossed. You're essentially just waiting for the property, the appraisal, and you're ready to go. Yeah, and that's everything up. Yeah, (laughs) it goes back to to one of the other things about the shorter closing, right? This helps you get that shorter closing, uh, again, which is what a seller wants. They want to get to the finish line as quickly as possible. Trust me, they they do. Um, And even if that means they have to do a lease back, they still would love to close and be done with that. And you know, if you're flexible enough to be able to let a seller do a lease back, you're in a much stronger position as a buyer. So great stuff right there. So listen, those are really, really good strategies. Like all of them. You are a you're really good with this. I love the the strategies. I love uh, your willingness to share this stuff with people. So what? Tell me what's the best way for people to actually reach you. So if you guys are in the market, you're looking, you you need somebody to really strategize with you. You can reach out to Maya because she's really good at this stuff. So. What is the best way for people to reach you? Yes, feel free. I like to, like I said, I work with a lot of people and if you need someone to hand hold your, hold your hand through the yeah. process, I'm here for you. You can call me, my cell at 832-788-2756. You can send me an email at mpeterson at betterrealestate.com. I'm on social media at mayapeterson22. There's ways to find me and you can also reach out to James and he can find me as well. <laughs> Yeah, so if you guys have uh, questions about, you need more strategy to get yourself into a home, reach out to Maya because the the market is, it is fire. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) It's fire. And like I said, going into next year, I don't think a whole lot's going to change other than the prices may level off slightly. All the experts are predicting rates are going to go up a little. Uh, And you know, when I say that, we're still talking in the 3% range, which people have real short-term memory. So uh, (laughs) a 3% or 3.5% interest, it's still really good. That's Um, great. (laughs) It's great, but you know, it's not the, it's not what we had in in the pandemic year, which which is still mind blowing that uh, we we had such a great year in 2021. It still blows my mind, but uh, nonetheless, you know, uh, if you're thinking about it, I would highly suggest 
you get off the fence, get with an expert, reach out to Maya. She would be more than happy to help you any way she can. And if you got financing questions, obviously you can reach out to me, but so thank you, Maya. Hey guys, go over to YouTube, go check YouTube, subscribe, Spotify as well, and iTunes. We have a podcast over there. Leave us a review. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, Maya. I appreciate you. <laughs> Go Astros. <laughs> <laughs>Thank you for listening to the Texas Mortgage Boss Podcast. Be sure to share, like, and subscribe to the podcast. And for more information and resources, be sure to check out www.texasmortgageboss.com.